Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in, everybody, to Sports Daily. It's another great week, another reaction Monday here on the show. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you. Jad Chambers producing, manning that IHOP hotline at 869-1240. What a great time of year. What a great time. IHOP, where guests can enjoy the new Nashville hot chicken and waffles, golden brown Belgian waffle top for four crispy chicken strips topped. Tossed in a spicy Nashville hot sauce. We'll give away some HTO today. We'll give away some movie tickets today. And we'll take a look back at the weekend. That was. What a weekend it was. Chiefs win. Jayhawks win. K-State in just an agonizing loss. Uh, And we got the start of college basketball tonight. Here we go. Games tonight. What a crazy time, Tommy. This uh, This is it. You know, people talk about the sports equinox, right? You hear about that when hockey, baseball... Uh, basketball, NBA-wise, and football all happen on the same day. Around here, the sports equinox is kind of when you get the crossover of college football, NFL, and college basketball, and I'm jacked up for it. Yeah, we're basically there. I mean, college basketball kicking off tonight. Uh, Of course, we've got all the NFL and college football games from the weekend to react to. Uh, It's a busy time, as it always is this time of year, and looking forward to getting right into it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Let's start uh, in the NFL with the Chiefs because it happened yesterday. We'll look ahead uh, to a little college hoops. We'll certainly talk a ton of college football today. Uh, KU fans, I know you're excited. K-State fans, I know you're devastated. We'll get into all of that. But the Chiefs play on Sunday, and they play early on Sunday, and they get the win, 21-14 to over the Dolphins. It was uh, efficient, I suppose, if nothing else. It was certainly one where the defense led the way, Tommy. And, you know, going in, my thought was, like, nothing that's going to happen is probably going to change the way I'm feeling about the Chiefs. But it certainly could the Dolphins if they win or lose because the Dolphins have yet to beat anybody good and they beat up on bad teams. So nothing really changed, right? The Chiefs get out to an early lead. They don't do anything in the second half offensively. And it's still enough to win. And, you know, I think, Tommy, the biggest, again, the biggest takeaway for me is Miami's a pretender. The biggest thing for the Chiefs to take away for me is the defense is going to lead the way, and that's okay. I know we're not used to seeing that, but I don't know that there's some magic formula the offense is going to come up with to become that 30-point-a-game offense we've seen in years past. I don't think they need to be. I mean, I think this defense is is top level in the NFL, 
and when they get you know Bolton back eventually, it's it's even more so. But this is a really good defense that's going to lead the way for the Chiefs. That's just that's just it. Well, I mean, I don't want to go so far as to say that the Dolphins are pretenders. I think that they ran up against one of the best defenses in the NFL in the Chiefs, and Steve Spagnola had a great game plan to limit Tyree Kill, to limit Jalen Waddle, to limit Tua. The running game for Miami really hasn't been the same since the rookie A-Chan has been on injured reserve. So I'm not willing to say right now that they're pretenders. They're 6-3, and three and they're they're leading their division. So I'm not, re- I'm not ready to say that quite yet. But what I do think and what I do agree with you on is that absolutely the defense is going to lead the way for Kansas City from here on out. And I think that 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 will work. Uh, That will work when you're when everything is clicking defensively. I'm not sure that it will work when, you know, things if the defense comes out and plays an an average game. Right. Uh, And, you know, I think that we can sort of start to count on the defense for Kansas City coming through and playing well week in and week out. I just worry what happens when the defense does have an off day. You know, we can't count on the Kansas City offense, at least right now, to consistently play four quarters of football. I mean, they looked pretty solid in the first half. And then I don't know if we can credit, I guess we can credit Miami's defense for adjusting in the second half a little bit. Uh, But man, Kansas City couldn't get anything going in the second half offensively. And I do think, and where I don't change my assessment of Kansas City kind of on the the same lines don't is that I do think and I still think that there are enough legitimate concerns offensively for Kansas City that they're going to struggle I think to make a deep postseason run if things don't start to get better so here's what I mean with Miami in Miami's how many wins does Miami have six right yeah in their six wins their opponents have a combined 13 wins Right, so average about two wins a pop. In their three losses, they're being outscored 100 to 51. The only time that they've beaten a team, I believe that's even above 500, Tommy. I, I, I'm certain that that's right. They've lost all three times to Buffalo, to Philadelphia, and to Kansas City. They are taking advantage of a soft schedule. That's what Miami's doing. Miami is not a Super Bowl contender right now. They're getting crushed by good teams that are Super Bowl contenders, and and they're beating bad teams. They're exa- they're doing exactly that, what they're supposed to do. Look, but but I don't think that you can you know discount them or discredit them for playing a soft schedule. I think it is what it is. I'm not. You take no, it. I'm not. You take advantage it. of that. And look, like coming up, they've got the Raiders. Uh, I'll be at the Raiders. Good yesterday, but they've got the Raiders, they've got the Jets, the Commanders, the Titans, the Jets again. So if if they can, you know, I don't know, sweep they're going to pile up. A, they're going to pile up a lot they're of wins. Pile up a lot of wins. They've got yep. a pretty tough final three game stretch against the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. So I mean, what? So what if are we the trends, like, so if the trends continue and they have six losses, they don't get to play every game in Miami, and they're not winning a Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's my point. Like, they're, they're just not. Now, that doesn't mean that Miami can't figure it out and play better. I'm talking about as of November 6th right now, when you watch Cincinnati playing the way that they're playing, when you watch that Philadelphia-Dallas game yesterday, uh, San Francisco was off, but when you watch the Chiefs, who obviously beat them, they're not winning a Super Bowl. They're not – the Ravens. Like, I, I, they're not even – like, for me, if we just power rank it, I, I think they're like 9 or 10. They're behind all oh, those no, teams I just come on. The, all those teams I just mentioned. How many is that? They're behind all of them. Kansas City. No, they're not. They're not. Baltimore. 
Okay, Kansas City, Baltimore, Cincinnati, okay, Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco. Are you putting them ahead of any of them? I'd probably put them ahead of San Francisco right now. San Francisco's looked terrible the last three weeks. So I put them ahead of them. Um, I mean, even just talking about the conference, like, let's look at the AFC for a second and break it down a little bit more. Yeah, I'll give you Kansas City and Baltimore. But then from there, is Miami better than Jacksonville? I probably, yeah. Is, probably? is Miami better is Miami better than Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think they probably are. Oh, for sure. Are they better than Cleveland? Yeah, I think that they probably are. Probably. They're probably not better than Cincinnati. So we're talking about them maybe being, what, the fourth best team uh-huh. in the AFC? I would say right now behind who? Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Baltimore? It's probably who I would have in front of them. I, look, I'm not totally convinced they're better than Cleveland. I don't know what Cleveland's doing at quarterback, but, you know, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, so we think they may be better than Jacksonville. But Jacksonville has a win over Buffalo, a win over New Orleans, a win over Pittsburgh, right? A win over Atlanta. We're talking about we're talking about much better wins. Indianapolis, much better wins than what Kansas City has, right? And Jacksonville is on a on a five game win streak. So I'm not going to say Miami's better than Jacksonville. I don't know that they are. I probably don't think that they are. Miami is until they beat somebody good. How can we put them up there? Because those are the teams they're going to play in the playoffs. But when and they if they don't were have losing, opportunity to like, and I get like, okay, they played three. They're they played getting three. smashed. They've had nine games. They lost by seven points yesterday. They've That's had a nine big margin games. Of loss. That's a big they've loss had, in the NFL. They've had nine games this season. Three of them against good teams. A third of their games have been against. You can't fault them for having a weak schedule, and they're going to go on and play, what, six more games, five more games in a row against teams that are not very good either, so you can't fault them for that. It's not that I'm faulting them. It's that I'm looking at it in reality, and the reality is they're not close to the better teams in this league. They're getting doubled up. They're getting outscored by 49 points in three games over the three teams that even have winning records. That's Buffalo. Did you watch Buffalo yesterday? I did watch Buffalo yesterday. Buffalo beat them by 28 points. I, I mean, I, so like my good for Miami that they're going to pile up a bunch of wins, but they're going to go on the road in the playoffs and get beat. Like they're not a, like as of again, as of November 6th, that's not a team that's going to win a Super Bowl. It's just not. And I, and you know, I, so I don't why know that? that like, what, why, why do you think that they're not? Like, I don't know. Their, that's their I issue? was, I was thinking about that yesterday. I, I don't think. I don't, you know, their defense short up. Their defense isn't very good. It's nowhere near these teams we're talking about. As far as, like, points allowed, they're they're way behind. For instance, they've given up 225 points this year. Buffalo's given up 160. Baltimore's given up 124. Kansas City's given up 143. Cincinnati's given up 162. So they're way behind defensively. I think that's the first issue. And I think the second issue is that offense that's so explosive and so fast and all these things, when it plays a good defense, it's not nearly as good. And and I think both of those things contribute to just in general and overall them not being as good as some of these teams. I think they're a hard team to evaluate because of the schedule they've played. It has been so lopsided where they smash bad teams and get smashed by good teams. And a seven-point loss when you're a a one-and-a-half-point dog is a big loss. That means they lost it by six more points than they were expected to. And so, like, it's it's just, like, they're not there yet. Can they get there? I'm not going to sit here and say they can't get there because that's where I think they probably can. You know, they get HN back. That will help. They can get back to the running game where everything goes through. 
And yeah, they have enough talent. I don't know if they're going to be able to play the level of defense. They're going to need to be able to play on the road in the playoffs because make no mistake, they're going to have to go on the road. If they have five or six losses, it's just. Going uh, to be, I, I wouldn't be, go that. I wouldn't go that far to say that they're for sure going to go on the road. I mean, I think that not I mean, for every round, but they're not going to have the number right. one seed. But no, no, no. But the, but they will probably. I would think as of right now, get at least a home game. Right, like more than likely, they'll be a division winner. Like I don't see Buffalo coming back and winning the division. They're only a I don't game see ahead New York of Buffalo. Doing that. And Buffalo beat them by. And Buffalo has the tiebreaker. Yeah, but I think that Buffalo. I mean, they're Buffalo has a much harder Buffalo schedule. Later. Buffalo, Buffalo has a much has harder a schedule hard, for sure. Absolutely. I think that to your point, I mean, bringing Achan back once they get him back and healthy, that's going to be a little bit of a game changer, I think, for Miami. And you know what? If they're able, I'm I'm going to withhold my judgment on Miami until we get to the final three games of the season. That's going to tell just, me what I need to know about Miami when they play the Cowboys, the Bills, and the Ravens. At that point then I'm going to be able to know like, okay, like I think that they think that they can get it done in the playoffs or I, I don't think that they can, but you know what? I've been really impressed with Mike McDaniel and his offense this season. I know that they've struggled against good teams this season. And really, I do agree with you. I think that their defense has been their issue for sure. It has been, but at the end of the day, like they've got enough talent on that team where I do think that they can win a playoff game or two. Um, I, I think that they can win that's the fine. AFC. East. I'm not saying they can't win a game or two. I'm saying they can't win the Super Bowl. That's been my. That's back to what I originally I said. Miami's not I, a contender for a Super Bowl. I just think that it's it, it goes a little bit too far to say that they're pretenders. I think that they've Will got a tremendous they, amount of talent. They do have a tremendous amount of talent. I never said they didn't. But can that team beat Cincinnati, Kansas City, Baltimore, in, in, in or Buffalo in the playoffs? I don't think they, they can. I not mean, right now. <laughs> Buffalo beat him by twenty eight points. I get him. I, I, how many weeks ago was that? And how many weeks ago will that Three, be once the playoff four? playoffs come around? They played Kansas City in the second half. They were the better team than Kansas City was in the second half yesterday, right? They just were. It's just the bottom well, let's line. Let's bring this. Uh, well, let's bring it back to Kansas City because that's what's interesting. Kansas City. So, do I think that they he, could beat he, Kansas City in a playoff game? If Kansas City is struggling offensively, yeah, they might be able to. At Arrowhead, I'm not sure. I, I again, I, there was Kansas City was. I liked the Chiefs in that game because of the things like I don't think Miami's for real. I thought that the Chiefs could stop their run game, and that's where Miami would. The Chiefs did what I thought they could do, and they also did what I was afraid of, which was come out stale offensively after the Denver game and then going into travel. Kansas City is, and we spent some time with Miami there, which is important to the Chiefs because we, you know, we try to sort through contenders as the Chiefs are on top of the mountain. Kansas City's got now is when Kansas City has to, uh, for me anyway, as I'm trying to figure out, you know, what this team is. Look, if their defense plays this and they have Patrick Mahomes, I don't care when they play, where they play, whatever they do in the postseason. If they've got Mahomes and Kelsey in this defense, I'm not picking against them in the postseason, no matter what else happens. So, but that being said, here's a great opportunity now for Kansas City. They get a long break, Tommy. They get the bye week, and then they don't play until Monday Night Football. Great news, because they get to play the Eagles in a Super Bowl rematch. They've got a chance here to settle down, get you know, you know, know, get healthy, get fresh, do some different things, work some different things into practice, try to make some adjustments to the offense. This is a pretty critical stretch, I think, for the offense of this team. You've got your opportunity to now. Philadelphia is not that good defensively. If you watch the Dallas game, you saw that. They're just, their secondary is not that good. 
They can stop the run. Doesn't matter. The Chiefs don't. They're, they're not doing that anymore anyway. So this is an opportunity for that pass game to get going. Coming off a bye, you get the long break. They can start working on Philadelphia right now as soon as they get back to the U.S., right? Although it's a bye week, I don't think they're, technically they're supposed to do that, but you know they will. And so that I think now comes the big time for the Chiefs. I didn't think it was that game. That's why I wasn't terribly worried about no matter what happened because that's a tough turnaround. Like, it's tough to go overseas and do that stuff. And and they they still found a way to get it done. It's just that's that's kind of what Kansas City is. Like it's not that they feel like they're that much better than other teams, which has been the case in past years, right? It just feels like they're good enough to find a way to win in any circumstance. And that's interesting because I think that's valuable in the postseason. It's sort of what Cincinnati's had going for it the last couple of years. Like just kind of scrappy, you know? Except you've got a great quarterback when you're scrappy. That's a pretty good combination. Joe Burrow, by the way, in Cincinnati looked fantastic last night. They're back, uh, continuing that trend that they follow. Cincinnati, by the way, how many losses does Cincinnati have, Tommy? Because if they get into the mix. Three. They're five and three. They're going to be real pesky for, and I know Baltimore's looking fantastic. I still like Cincinnati more than Baltimore. If Cincinnati finds a way to get home field, watch out. Watch out. They look really good, and they're finding a rhythm. I, 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 the, the way they defended Buffalo yesterday was pretty dang impressive. Those games against Baltimore, that 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 that's it. Why? How does Cincinnati come out so so slow every year? And well, they I mean, good. of course, dealing with the health of Joe Burrow, I think was yeah. you know number yeah. one, you know, to start the season for Cincinnati. If I'm power ranking right now. The AFC. I mean, I'm probably going to go Baltimore number one. Like, they're probably the best team in the conference. They look the most impressive yeah. in the AFC right now. I'd probably put them at number one. Um, I, I I might, you know, even put Cincinnati at number two. Maybe, I don't know, I can maybe sub them out with Kansas City. But here's the thing. The offense looks really good for Cincinnati, and Lou Anarumo has gotten that defense playing really well, too. Like you mentioned, they defended Buffalo really, really well last night. Uh, and Baltimore's defense is pretty solid also. The difference yeah. between those two teams in Kansas City right now is that I kind of trust Baltimore or Cincinnati's offense more than I trust Kansas City's Absolutely. offense. Absolutely. That's kind of the could. difference between those yeah. teams. It is. It is. I, look, I think in like if we're just looking like at, at results and these things – Yes, I think you could. I think you'd still put Kansas City over Cincinnati at two, but you'd put Baltimore one because they're not just beating people; they're beating people by massive margins, and they're beating good teams. They beat Seattle by thirty-four. They beat Detroit by thirty-two. Right? They they're they're winning games against good teams by really big margins lately. Um, so I'm with you on that. This is why my whole point was I'm not going to worry about Kansas City again. I'll say it again. If they've got that defense and they've got Mahomes and Kelsey, I'm not picking against them in the postseason. I'm, there's no chance that I will because that's they, they've just been there and done it too long. How many times did we see Tom Brady do this, right? If Mahomes is the next closest thing to Brady, and I think that he is, as far as like whatever that it factor is, I think Mahomes, you know, Mahomes is like an arm talent and physical skills are even better. But whatever that thing is that makes Brady the, Brady the goat that nobody can really define, right? Whatever that was, Mahomes, I think, is the closest thing to it we have. And if he's got Kelsey and they've got that defense, I'm not picking against him in the postseason. No chance. Here's my concern. We just talked for several I have minutes lots of about concerns. how. Yeah, I have lots <laughs> about, of concerns. 
about how Miami's defense is not very good. And, and they're just, they're not. They've given up a lot of points this season. They still held Patrick Mahomes to under 200 yards passing yesterday. I know. I right? Know. It's and, a concern. And, you know, that, and that, that may not be, you know, credit due to Miami necessarily. And more just, it's, it's not good offensively for Kansas City. Their leading receiver yesterday was Noah Gray. Noah Gray led the team in receiving yards. Um, there's, there's not, I mean, I feel like a broken record. There's not a true number one receiver. There's not anybody that is raising their hand and saying, all right, let's go and do it. Let's make it happen. Uh, you know, Miami did, a, I think, a fairly good job of limiting Travis Kelsey, three catches for 14 yards. Yeah, I mean, I think they did a pretty good job doing that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, of course, there are some legitimate concerns. And I get what you're saying. Like, the the experience and just winning playoff games with Mahomes and Kelsey and the crew there and Andy Reid, of course. Yeah, like, that. That that's huge. That's great. That experience is awesome. But this is a different kind of team this year. And there are more concerns offensively than we've ever seen in the Mahomes-Reed era so far. And I'm just not exactly sure. I mean, we keep saying week in and week out, like, all right, this is going to be the week. We need to see them turn it around, and then they don't. You know, and I, like, I think more now than ever before, it's being solidified. This is who they are. Like, they're just not a dynamic offensive team right now. They just don't have it. And is that going to be enough Man, I'm just not so sure, especially when you've got teams like Baltimore and Cincinnati who are, go- are they're coming to the forefront. All of those things you said, and they're 7-2, and two, right? Like, I don't think yeah. the offense is going to get worse. It may not get that right. much better, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to get worse. They're 7-2. and two. Just All those, And I totally agree with everything you just said about the offense. And here they are, sitting at 7-2. and two. One of those losses came when they didn't have Travis Kelsey. So I, I just think that, that that's, that's what the benefit of having this kind of defense is. It's like you get a Cleveland-level defense, but Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. That's a cheat code. You can't give Patrick Mahomes that kind of defense. Kelsey talked about it yesterday after the game. He's like, this is the best defense I've played with in the NFL. And that's great. I mean, it I'm is. not taking – I mean, Trent McDuffie's a superstar. I'm not taking anything away from their defense. It is rock solid. It's great. I just, I'm concerned, not going to be enough to compensate for the offensive issues. Well, we'll see. I mean, it is so far, and they're beating good teams. So, you know, they beat Jacksonville. They beat Miami. They beat the Chargers, if you think of them as a good team. By the way, I cannot wait for that Monday Night Football game. We'll get into that. When we come back, let's talk KU. Come on now. Come on now, Jayhawk fans. You didn't get help from anybody else, but you did what you needed to do here in a weird one. How excited are you, Jayhawk fans? 869-1240. We also got to talk about the oh, the flip side of that with K-State. My God, what an excruciating loss. Uh, we'll get into it on Sports Daily. This is Sports Daily on KFH. All right, so you heard that promo there right before we came back on. Let's get that IHOP hotline going right now at 869-1240 IHOP. From uh, now through Sunday, November 26th, kids 12 and under can eat free with the purchase of an adult entree. Uh, So get it ready. Here's the IHOP hotline. Let's give away some of those movie tickets. You heard it there. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. We'll get you a chance for a pair of tickets to a sneak peek. 
Peak on Thursday, November 16th, Boulevard Theaters in Town West Square. Our first caller right now to that IHOP hotline will go see the new Hunger Games movie early on us. Good luck, everybody. Uh, welcome back into Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor here. Glad to be here with you. KU, we'll start with KU. They got the win in college football, so we'll start there. K-State fans, will get to the, to the wild. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Cats, uh, as we come back after this segment. Tommy, that was awesome. You know, uh, uh, they, they go on the road. They get it done. It was consistent. I thought that Jason Bean, and look, this is this may be revisionist. It looked to me like Jason Bean made more good throws in that game than he's ever made in any game. And and I could be misstating there, and I'm obviously not going to remember every single game that he's played because he's played a ton. But as I'm watching it, watching some of those throws, I was just like, man, like he is he is dropping dimes in this game. So much different than what we saw a week ago, like where he was under 50% and it was mistakes and they sort of won despite him. He was dealing yesterday and made big plays, and I thought he looked really good. Well, shout out to Andy Kotelnicki, the offensive coordinator for the Jayhawks, because I think he set up Jason Bean in a in a way that we've not seen him do with Jason Bean starting at quarterback for the Jayhawks this season. I mean, you know, you have to go look at his stat line to understand exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, he threw for almost 300 yards, but only completed 14 passes. So, I mean, there were big shot plays throughout the course of this game that I, you know, that were definitely, um, I think advantageous for the Jayhawks offense. And so, you know, I think that for all the grief that Jason Bean has gotten over the course of, you know, his time starting for the Jayhawks, I mean, there's no doubt about it. That was his best showing offensively that we've seen so far. I thought so too. And again, there could be games where his stats were, you know, gaudier or those kinds of things. That's just like a, to our eyes because Iowa State stopped. I mean, they didn't let Kansas run the ball. If Kansas doesn't have a big game from Jason Bean, they don't win that game. And, you know, the defense continues to do nice things. Uh, another good performance by them, which you knew they would have to have that on the road as well. But 
It was, you know, it was being when they had to have him making plays when they couldn't run the ball. I mean, in in Ames, at night, all of those things, that was just a really, really impressive win. And I'm really happy for KU. They don't, though, Tommy, get all the help that they need, unfortunately. Like, their path to a Big 12 championship game is still tough um, because— you know, they've, they've got to overcome basically the two teams that have beaten them. So they need either Texas or Oklahoma State to, to lose twice, and then they have to win out. That, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. So they, Kansas State really needed to beat Texas uh, for, for Kansas' sake. Oklahoma sta- Oklahoma State has left on the schedule, Tommy, and their three remaining. Uh, you and I, you were t- telling me about this yesterday before I even looked. UCF, Houston, BYU. Now, two of those are on the road, but they're going to need some luck there. Texas's final three are a little more daunting. TCU at Iowa State and Texas Tech. I think the chances of both of those teams, they only need one of them to do it, right? I don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it's pretty likely that uh, either one of those teams is going to drop two. And, and, you know... I, I go back to the game in Stillwater, right? Like that was the turning point, I think, for the Jayhawks in their hunt for a Big 12 title. Oklahoma State at home, uh, as underdogs, you've talked about it multiple times. They're phenomenal. Uh, they're doing Don't what they need to do. They did, it, they did it Saturday in Bedlam and beat you know OU. They also beat Kansas State in Stillwater as an underdog. They beat KU in Stillwater as an underdog this season. Um, so I think you can point back to that particular game for the Jayhawks as being the game that really turned the tide, I think, as far as their their hunt for a Big 12 title. That being said, though, even though it's going to be difficult for KU to find their way into the Big 12 championship because of what you just laid out there, you can't overstate the importance of where things are for the Jayhawks right now. They solidified their first winning season since 2008. So 15 years, the first time that they're going to have a winning season guaranteed their seventh win for the first time since 2008, back-to-back conference games for the first time in a decade and a half. You know, so just the the things that Lance Leipold has done in year number three at Kansas, it's remarkable. And they did it inside Jack Trice Stadium. And two years ago in Lance Leipold's first game uh, or first season when they went to Iowa State, they lost like 59 to 7. And two years later, they go on the road to Ames and they beat the, the Cyclones. You know, so just the, the, the remarkable turnaround, everything that we've talked about multiple times about what he's brought to the program, absolutely the truth. And, you know, even though they may be on the outside looking in for a Big 12 championship, again, like what they've been able to do this season is, is remarkable. And you never know. They could get lucky um, and somebody could lose. Here's the other thing about KU, though, that gets you excited. You know they've got to win out to get there. It's a really dangerous week this week uh, to play Texas Tech before the Sunflower Showdown. You know, Tech's not bad. Tech is certainly a team that can beat you. That Kansas State game becomes the game of your season. And, you know, I I don't – Kansas State mm, in Kansas, it's going to be pretty close to a pick probably. I would still guess that Kansas State gets a point or two, uh, but it's going to be pretty close to a pick it, it's right there, and that's what's, you know, if you're talking about, yeah, you, you still want to try to get to a Big 12 championship game, but that's unlikely, so it really is. Like, this season will become about that Sunflower Showdown game 
as long as they you know can take care of business against Tech before they get there, I think Kansas State's going to smash this week. So you'll have both teams inside the top 25. You'll have them play in the Sunflower Showdown. You know, they'll feel like they still have a chance at a Big 12 title. Both teams will at that point. That you won't, that you couldn't have higher stakes really in that game. That's going to be the game of their season, even bigger than whatever bowl game they play in. It'll be that game. And, and you know, that's, that's really exciting to think about, but you don't want to think too much about it now because you do still have to get a win over Texas Tech. Who will be, I believe, that, coming off of a bye, right? Did Tech play yeah, last week? I don't believe, no, they did not. Um, I, I think the big question that I have. Oh, they did. Forward, they played that weird. They played, they didn't oh, play TCU on. Oh, TCU on Thursday. Yeah, yeah it was a Thursday on night Thursday. Game. Yeah. Um, I think the big question that I have moving forward for the final three games of the regular season and then even the bowl game for the Jayhawks, and we can ask Sharius a lot of this in, in, in our next hour, is what do they do? with Jason Bean and Jalen Daniels. If Jalen Daniels can go like, do you just ride with Jason Bean moving forward? I mean, we've seen him. I think Leipold, I think Leipold made that clear last week. If Daniels is ready, he's the starter, but if he can't, if he can't fly to Ames, Tommy, because they rode the bus, if he can't ride a bus, if he can't travel a long distance, because I assume his back is bad. I just don't think it's, I don't, I think it's a waste of time wondering about when he'll come back. It's not, not even necessary at this point. His back's messed up. That's the only, and we'll ask Shreyas uh, at ten o'clock. His, I think his back's just messed up. Um, so I, I look if you if you're not good enough to travel health wise, I don't know how you're ever going to play and play better than what we saw out of Bean. That's the other thing too, uh, right? But you know, Lance Leipold's made it clear. Like if he's good to go, he's going to be the starter. And I and I don't disagree with that sentiment either. Because the other part of it, Tommy, let's be real. You want him to come back next year. Like you want to do everything you can to make sure he comes back next year. Uh, so you're going to want to because you him don't happy. have Jason V next year. Exactly. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. So we've got some time with K State. We will get back to KU. We have Shreya Slada coming up at the top of the hour. So we'll take this break. We'll come back. Congratulations to Scott for winning those movie tickets. We'll have some HDO coming up in hour number two. Uh, so keep that eye up hotline handy. We'll talk Wildcats next on Sports Daily. Everybody, Sports Daily here. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Let's talk about K-State, Tommy. Oh, boy. Um, a lot of different things to talk about there. I didn't think there would be any chance they would, uh, you know, sort of be in that down 27-7. And then they come back. And the kicking game really, 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 really let them down. And they lose in overtime. Chris Kleiman choosing to go for it on fourth down near the goal line rather than kick a field goal extending overtime. Let's work backwards and talk about that decision. Um, I, number one, good for them for doing that. Will Howard was great. Um, you know, Avery Johnson is not playing right now, which is interesting. I don't. We can we can talk about that later in the week. But Will Howard was great. They had a chance to win it. I had absolutely, and I put, I made sure to tweet it before the play happened that I loved the decision to go for it. The reason I loved it is because I, like I assumed the coaches, had no faith in the kicking game. I did not want that game to come down to that unit 
on that day. I was nervous as hell that it did in regulation, and they got it done then. But I, I, I was I was fine on the road making that call in that spot to try and get it done. I wish they had run the ball one other time if they knew they were in four-down territory. I'm not sure they knew at the time. It may have been a snap decision. But, you know, I, I thought the decision to go for it itself was fine, and I didn't have any problem with it. I know there's an argument to be made that the Texas offense in the second half and, and then in overtime was not playing well. Malik Murphy was not playing well. Yep. Totally get so it. kick the field goal, put you know the 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 pressure back on the Texas offense to score. I know you can make that argument, but I think you and I actually agree on this. I had no issue with them going for it on fourth down. Kleiman said after the game that had they uh, had Texas scored and uh, a touchdown, and then K- uh, Kansas State scored a touchdown, he would have gone for two. Um, so okay. I mean, he was going to roll the dice regardless on uh, that entire situation. So I've got no issue with it. I don't love the play call. For them to yeah, go forward on fourth I mean, down, I would have done a different play um, because you really didn't give your offense a chance to get it even uh, you know, past the goal line. So I don't love the play call, but I don't have a problem with the decision they made. I would have liked them to see them run the ball one other time in that sequence of downs. I, I and and again, like I'm with I thought that, you know, you trusted the defense for sure. I just didn't trust the kicker I and the kicking unit in general, not just the kicker, but the whole special teams unit there. And that's that's a basket case scenario, and you just like I there it was there's no way, and if if I'm climbing, I'm letting that game end because we screwed right. up another short field goal attempt. Well, and think about it this way too, and I know I'm oversimplifying everything, but Kansas State, the special teams unit, left four points on the board, and the margin was three. I, you know, like they I, I know. they they missed they they had the botched extra point, and then the the pull left field goal at the end towards the end of the game. You know, it so shouldn't have been an were, overtime. It shouldn't right, have been exactly. an overtime. Absolutely. Even if they just make the extra point, that game's not going overtime. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's that was that's devastating. That is devastating. And that's why I would not have let them I would not put the game and I know they had to at the end of regulation, they didn't have a choice, but I would not have put that overtime situation in the hands of that unit because they just you got to let those guys get out of there and regroup and refresh. Like you're thinking about that stuff. And so I had no issue with that. The game itself. Look, I I was really impressed that they were able to come back from that with the amount of mistakes and, and just things that were going wrong early. It never felt like there was a chance that game could get to that spot. I think it's extra frustrating because Kansas state was the better team. They were better than Texas. They're better than Texas with Malik Murphy at quarterback. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Maybe that's not the case if Quinn Ewers is playing, but it was the case on Saturday, and they were the better team, and they should have been able to get a win in Austin. That's what really sticks with you today is you're like, oh, because if they get that win, they're looking great. And so is KU, by the way. I Uh, want to give a little bit of credit, though, to Malik Murphy. He had a great first half, and he's going to be really, really good. Yeah, it's not a a a long-term thing. He had a terrible second half, and, you know, just— Yeah, he looked lost. He looked like a freshman, right? And I I really liked Texas's offensive game plan to start out the game. I mean, they came out guns blazing, and just— And I didn't—I'm kind of with you. I didn't think that the Wildcats had any chance— to claw back in the game because not only did Texas start out really well, but it was a disaster for Kansas state on both sides of the ball for the yep. first half of the game. I mean, I, at halftime, I kind of thought, well, here we go. Like I think for the wildcats, the, the goal is going to be to not let it get, you know, even more out of hand and credit to climbing, you know, credit to that team for clawing their way back. 
forcing Malik Murphy into making some mistakes in the second half. And, you know, really, I think they confused him. I think the Wildcat defense confused him in the second half, gave him different looks than what he saw in the first half. And you saw that he was a freshman, right? And that was that was a big part of it. And that allowed Kansas State to get right back in the game. I thought that they put together offensively some really solid drives in the second half. And Will Howard put the team on his back to get them back into the game. Um, you know, so just a lot of resolve, I think, and a lot of grit and determination from Kansas State to claw their way back and to make it a game in the fourth quarter. I have been so wrong about how they would use Avery for a month now. I'm not sure if it's because they couldn't run the ball at all and it was going to be a passing game. I, I don't know what was going on there. I mean, Avery, what did he have? One rushing attempt and, and he got in there to, to throw it once. It, it could have been that. It could also be that Will Howard's just playing really well again. Um, all I really care about is, you know, sort of the psyche of Avery Johnson. I think he's fine. Um, and I think he's probably happy for Will Howard that Will Howard's playing well. At some point, though, now, and they're not out of it yet in the Big 12 mix, technically speaking, I do think at some point you you we need to get Avery Johnson some reps here. Uh, to you know, like if if they don't, if it comes into like the regular season finale and they don't have a chance to get into the Big Twelve championship game, like and into the bowl game, I would like to see Avery Johnson's reps go back up. I'm not because sure that's you do have to think about the comp- you do have to think about the future a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to happen, and I'm not sure that's even really the right thing to do. I understand planning for the future, but Avery's gotten into multiple games this season and has gotten a good amount of reps. And has played really more. well in that time. If so they I, I don't, don't have the that... chance, if they, as long as they don't have it, but they do have a chance right now. So I, you know, like it's it's a moot point right now. But if you get into the finale and you can't get into the Big Twelve championship game, then just go back to giving him some series, right? Let him. And and what I think would we'd want to see at that point is, and then let him throw the ball down the field, like, and then really just turn him loose, passing the ball. Don't you doesn't need to start the game or do anything like that, but give him three, four series in a game and let him and let him throw it around a little bit. Uh, but again, that's we we think way too much about that uh, because Avery's from here and he's a tantalizing player, and I get all of that. We we talk and think way too much about that, and don't forget about Texas Tech either. That's always on the table. Like if that sort of thing plays itself out, I'm sure it would be a quick trigger to get to Avery. But right now, Will Howard's playing really well, and I cannot believe they got back in that game, and then I cannot believe they lost that game. And, man, that is as tough a loss as I can remember for K-State. They've had a couple of those this year. They've had some tough ones, and and it's a good team, and they'll be there in the end. They'll be fine. Uh, they stay inside the top 25, I believe. I didn't look at the new top 25. No, rankings. they, fell, I think they fell out. They're like 27th, they did I think, receiving votes. Okay. I hope they're both in when KU and K-State play. That's going to be – they just need to take care of business this week, both of them, and get into that game and and it be for as much as it feels like it's going to be. All right, when we come back, we'll jump back to KU. Shreya Slotis, our KU insider, will come uh, and join us here. We'll look ahead to the start of the KU basketball season as uh, well as look back on that game ahead to Texas Tech. A lot to get to with Shreyas. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. We've got giveaways coming up next hour. Uh, So stay tuned for your opportunity there. We'll look ahead to a pretty important Monday night football game as far as the AFC pecking order goes. So a lot to get to here on the show. We'll do it all next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.